Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, making the New South Wales Raw Comedy State Finals in 2020, AJ Lamarck has written for a number of TV productions and has appeared on podcasts such as Wax Quizzical, Dungeons and Drag Queers and I Speak Giant, as well as being a regular contributor for Justin Hamilton's Big Squid series. You may have seen AJ at the Comedy Store, the Sydney Comedy Festival, Comedy Lounge, PAX Oz and Comic-Con, just to name a few. Enjoy. In mid-2012, I was having a shit time. Not in an emotional way, mind you, but in quite a literal way. I had recently had my first sexual experience, got an STI, and the resulting course of general antibiotics had destroyed my arsehole in a way that only a party gay returning from his annual trip to Mykonos could understand. (laughs) One evening, though, I was on the toilet, shitting myself more than Scott Morrison's publicist when I received that fateful email. Dear AJ Lamarck, congratulations. I am delighted to offer you admission to the University of California, Berkeley. As a kid of the 90s, I grew up on American TV and film. I'd absorbed all the tropes of the blockbusters, the cheerleaders, the nerds, the jocks. But what had always resonated with me most, like many people, was the narrative of the misfits struggling to fit in. See, I was a brown, gay, housing commission kid who had spent most of his upbringing navigating loneliness. A loneliness due in part to my very feminine nature that had left me excluded from the masculine-dominated world around me. But now, instead of just living vicariously through Hollywood actors finding a place where they belong, I was going to have a very own story. This misfit was going to college. And who knew what type of film my journey would turn into? Maybe I'd begrudgingly audition for an a cappella group, realise I'm a natural-born singer, rally the other misfits and go on to win state finals. (laughs) Or maybe despite my ditzy blonde demeanour, I'd prove my legal prowess, because isn't the first cardinal rule of perm maintenance that you're forbidden to wet your hair for at least 24 hours after getting a perm at risk of deactivating the ammonium phyglosylate? (laughs) Or... Maybe I'd embrace my inner masculinity that had eluded me so far and just fuck a pie. (laughs) Whatever the case, even my unrelenting bowels couldn't hinder my excitement. Seven months later, I swapped the high-rises of my council estate for the rolling hills of the Bay Area and the cramped, densely populated ends of London for the seemingly never-ending mansions of campus life. The first scene of my own American story had begun. After settling in quickly, myself and my newly acquainted roommate went out to explore. But as most students couldn't legally go out-out, the only activity at our disposal consisting of going door-to-door to different fraternities and getting drunk instead. And the ensuing montage of scenes was everything that the movies had promised. There was beer pong, keg stands, giant Greek letters adorning equally giant wooden doors, loose uni students chanting drinking songs, sorority girls, bongs, and a naked guy passed out on the lawn. 
beautiful. <laughs> the unique combination of being in a different country, shotgunning cheap beer and having an unexplained well-to-do British accent meant I ended up chatting with all these random frat guys that night. I'd spent most of my childhood avoiding eye contact with guys just in case they'd bash me. So the idea of actually being friends with a blokey bloke was unimaginable. But, to my surprise, the next morning I had text after text from different guys on my phone in a very new type of way. Fred from Kappa Psi, Chad from Omega Alpha Epsilon, Brad from New Phone Who Dis. <laughs> Somehow I managed to actually make friends with men. And I spent that first week with one fraternity house in particular. We went to Crazy Golf. They introduced me to In-N-Out. Uh, they even invited me to their lucrative annual Jello stripper party. Uh, it was an uncomfortable night. Um, but on that Sunday, they invited me just to chill at their mansion of a house. When I arrived, I heard one of them call out for me from the library. Now, the library was a room that could easily fit at least two flats from my estate. And the decadence of it all was borderline offensive. Everything was made from mahogany, and the intricately carved details of furniture and bookshelves was just overwhelming, even down to the six-foot sculpture of a bear that sat opposite you as you entered through the door. My eyes drifted down from the bear to the jocks that sat on the opposite side of this long mahogany table. They too were glaring at me when I, one of them asked me to sit down in a stern voice. Inside, I started to panic. Were these guys just messing with me? It would be cruel, but not unexpected. Before my brain really had time to think, one of the guys slid an envelope across the table. I opened it hesitantly to read, we accordingly invite you to join the Brotherhood of Alpha Kappa Alpha. It turns out all of these social excursions were a part of a process called being rushed, which is an unofficial series of interviews to see if someone is worthy of joining a fraternity's brotherhood. Accepting the invitation would make me a pledge, which essentially meant being subjected to Boozfield dumb tasks for a semester to build camaraderie. So they left me alone for five minutes to decide if I wanted to accept. My mind bounced around numerous reasons for and against, but ultimately I had to find out more about this world. And arguably, more importantly, I had definitely seen the porn versions of this situation. <laughs> and these guys were cute. <laughs> if the worst thing to come out of this experience was getting to raw dog a straight frat boy, I think I could live. <laughs> and so from council house to frat house, I began my journey into the world of man. First up, I was hooded and taken with the other pledges for our official initiation. After chanting and speeches, my hood was removed, revealing a room adored entirely with candles. Everyone dressed in white robes and in the centre of a room, a mahogany lectern, a Bible-esque book and a wax seal stick. One by one, we went up to the lectern, swore a vow to the brotherhood, signed our names in the book and sealed the promise with wax. Everyone cheers, the lights were switched on, and we played beer pong and got nauseatingly drunk. A week later, we were asked to go to every sorority campus uh, on campus to sing What Does the Fox Say whilst they had their dinner. After returning home, everybody cheered, we played beer pong and got nauseatingly drunk. After that, we were given buckets of paint, tiny paintbrushes, and sent out into the dead of night to paint one of the giant monuments on campus into the fraternity's colours. And then when we got back, everybody cheered, we played beer pong, got nauseatingly drunk. There seemed to be a very clear recurring theme uh, that was testing the detoxification capabilities of my liver and my understanding of what being accepted as a brother involved. 
I rarely remember actual conversation with these friendly guys, outside of who could down the pint the quickest or who had the best beer pong wrist flick. Spoilers, it was me. <laughs> no matter what topics of conversation I studied during the day, though, to bring the, to the brothers at night, it all seemed to get lost in the games and the drinking sessions. Politics, British stereotypes, sports, memes, study, music, drugs, heterosexual sex, all of it seemed to fall flat. I still felt like I was on the outside looking in. In the pursuit of my goal, I had barely realised that my time at Berkeley was coming to an end. The week before I left, the other pledges and I gathered in the hall one final time before we became equal brothers in the eyes of fraternity law, ceremoniously chugging a beer from an eight-metre-long tube that ran from the roof all the way to the ground floor. We yet again celebrated our friendship through intoxication and shenanigans. En route from the frat house back to my council house, I had time to reflect on my own American story. The masculinity-averse foreign exchange student thrown into one of the most cliché hyper-masculine environments was a strong plot. But did the misfit ever actually fit in? Spending so much time with men in their world, trying to speak their language, I still had this transient relationship with them. And it was in the many hours of self-reflection and fear of being the odd one out forever that I realised that I was not the victim of exclusion from masculinity. But perhaps I was the initiator. These kind guys weren't rejecting me at all. They were inviting and kind and even caring. But maybe I was rejecting them by trying to be something I wasn't. Masculine. My character arc wasn't about trying to fit in with them, but learning who I was on my own terms and maybe just allowing them to learn to speak my language instead. It was the Hollywood film ending that I suppose was glaringly obvious from the start, but as the active lead, I never saw coming because I was too focused on trying to crack the code of masculinity instead of just being me. So, here's to the brotherhood, the friendly guys and the uncountable litres of beer that enabled me to learn from the things that made me feel othered and scared, even when I was truly shitting myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, share your favourite tales on the socials and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. If you enjoy Queer Stories, consider supporting the project on Patreon. Check out the link in the episode description. Finally, for late night ramblings, gay shit and photos of me trying to garden with a baby on my back, follow Maeve Marsden on Twitter and Instagram. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.